Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to It Never Rains on this podcast. I'm Hithliday. I'm the managing editor for Addicted to Quack. It's a website. Joining me this week is one of the great ATQ writers, Badwater. How you doing? Doing okay. Um, all my critters are doing good. Everything's uh, it's actually turning into a uh, um, nice winter. And we're into the middle of the... Um, heavy sports February and uh, March uh, area of the winter and spring sports. Yeah. This is an interesting time in college athletics because uh, winter and spring sports sort of uh, overlap at this time. So everybody's running around, we're covering everything at once. Um, you, uh, you've been a real trooper. Um, I've got you covering since the last time we talked, I've had you cover four different, sports um uh we barely have enough time to talk about all of them let's start out with baseball um the uh uh the the men's side of the diamond ducks uh headed down to arlington texas um to play uh three different truck stop schools um and uh you covered two of the three of them uh the the first and the third games the first was a win against oklahoma four to two uh in their very first game um uh, uh, I, I guess avenging the ladies, right? Cause uh, the, you know, the softball team went out against Oklahoma. Um, uh, uh, so the, um, uh, uh, it, it was officially a win for, for Grayson Grinzel, uh, who was the middle reliever, but RJ Gordon uh, started out. That was a bit of a story, uh, you know, as you noted in your baseball preview, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, the, um, that was the, the good news and bad news for, you know, doing starting pitchers. RJ Gordon, Gordon and Isaac Aon, uh, were out all last season due to injury. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, right before this season started, uh, Isaac Aon was announced as being gone for this season again. And you're all, Oh God, here we go again. Um, but Gordon got out there and you look good, pitched solidly. So, um, you know, mm. hopefully, hopefully that helps toward, you know, the, the pitching struggles that, uh, Oregon has been facing the, the past few seasons, not to say that it's going to completely alleviate it, but, um, you know, Oregon, Oregon needs some, some solid starters out there, whoever it is. I mean, Gordon pitched okay. Like, uh, I, I mean, uh, I, 
ultimately in his 4.1 innings pitched, he, he gave up two runs, which wasn't enough for Oklahoma to win the game. So, you know, I guess I shouldn't be complaining too much, but I mean, and he got three strikeouts, you, you know, in, in, in 4.1 innings pitch, which is not bad. Uh, but he gave up two extra base hits, you know, he walked a batter, um, you know, both, both of the runs he gave up were earned runs. Um, you, you know, Oregon only committed one error and I think it was, I think it was later. I think it was in the seventh inning. Um, and, uh, um, so like, uh, you know, kind of a mixed performance. Um, I, I really like Grinzel's performance and like, I was kind of down mm-hmm. on Grinzel last year. Um, well, I, for good reason. Yeah. Um, I actually thought he was sort of the hero of the day. Um, uh, he, uh, you know, one hit on three innings, you know, no runs, no walks, got a strikeout. Um, I, I actually have been sort of high, you know, higher on Grinzel so far this year. Um, in, 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 you know, the only subsequent games we've seen him in have been in Lafayette, which we'll talk about in a sec and in Lafayette, the whole Lafayette series sort of turned into a laugher. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, just to round out the bullpen, the, uh, yeah, uh, Michael Freund, uh, finished, you know, closed out the game the last you know 1.2 innings you know got two strikeouts you know uh, Oklahoma was at that point you know because Oregon uh you know Oregon Oregon went ahead two to zero by the top of the third Oklahoma tied it up on RJ Gordon giving up those two runs uh then you know it stayed a two two tie until the top of the eighth when Oregon ta- you know tacked on two more um uh, uh that was um uh, uh that was uh, uh Thompson um uh, or, uh, you know, that, that, that was, you know, typical Oregon scoring, right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, J- Jacob Walsh, you know, singled then, you know, some, a, a little small ball, a couple of walks, you know, very patient, you know, batting from Casella and Hellman who were, you know, two of the new guys. Right. So that puts, you know, uh, a, a wall shunt on third. Um, uh, but then, uh, you know, this sort of, you know, crazy situation that always sort of happens with Oregon, but because of Oregon's athletic advantage with, with base running. So Thompson grounds into a double play, which knocks out, uh, Hellman and Casella, but Walsh is so fast. He makes it to, uh, um, uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, the, the, the double play knocks out Hellman and Thompson, right? Of course mm-hmm. it knocks out Thompson. He was the one who hit the ball. It goes, you, you know, second to first. Right. Um, it was, yeah, it was a six, four, three double play. Um, so that knocks out Thompson and Hellman, but then, you know, Walsh obviously, you know, makes it home cause he's starting out on third and he's got a big lead off, but then, you know, it, it's the, uh, uh, Casella comes around home you know, and, and gets the second run because he, you know, he beats the throw, you know, on, on, on what's effectively, you know, bad throw. Like, uh, so, it, you know, it's this classic Oregon thing where they, you know, they get a good hit, they're patient at the plate. And so they get a couple of walks and then, you know, they're, because of their athletic advantage, they're in a position to score extra when stuff goes wrong for uh you know the opponent's you know fielding 
Um, which if all you are is a power hitting team, which look, I'm repeatedly on record as saying, if you're going to be only one thing, be a power hitting team. But if all you are is a power hitting team, you don't have access to that. So I'm glad Oregon has access to that. That's where they get their two and, you know, go ahead runs for. So now Oklahoma in the bottom of the eighth and the bottom of the ninth, when they're facing Freund to get back to the pitching is in a position where they got to swing at everything. And sure enough, they swing at everything. They get, you know, two strikeouts, no hits, no walks, right? Like, you know, Freund's ahead in the count, I think in, I think in six of the batters he faced, I forget exactly, but like, I think in most of the batters he faced, he's ahead in the count almost all the time. Right. Um, because that's, you know, th- that's how you play defense with your offense. That's just the structure of the diamond sports is, you know, if you're ahead going into late innings, you get to play defense with your offense. Cause you force the opponent to swing at everything. Um, and so, Right. Uh, that's why I read this game. Do you think I'm misreading this game? Or do you have any other, you know, take to, to, to add? No, the um, uh, Oregon uh, really shows its athleticism, um, not only on defense, but in base running, too. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, like, like, you, like you just enumerated. And they're very good about taking calculated risks and mm-hmm. being aggressive when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, that, that play with uh Walsh that you just described is uh, a case in point. And we, we saw some of that in uh, later games, you know, uh, other scenarios, but you know, calculated aggressiveness on the base base paths that pays off. Yeah. In, in some ways it reminds me of, you know, the, the, well, it reminds the, the calculated aggression, you know, uh, on offense, it, it reminds me of the football team, which is what I spend all day doing, you know, studying of and, and, and the, the analytical approach. And, uh, you know, I, I just spent all this time studying because of the Evan Stewart film. I studied, you know, Texas A&M, which is a real contrast because Jimbo Fisher, who just got fired, uh, is super non-analytical, right? You know, like he, he, you know, if you beat him over the head with a book of analytics, he wouldn't understand it. Um, and, and, uh, and so I'm sitting here watching baseball and I'm like, ah, Oregon, the analytical school, you know, like that, that, that can count calculate when you're supposed to steal bases and when you're supposed to, you know, try to, to, you know, to risk it on advancing on a, you know, a wild throw. And when you're supposed to, on the other hand, in the same inning, in the same inning, when you're supposed to wait it out and take your walks. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and right. Like I couldn't, I couldn't imagine anything more like perfectly analytical than, than to walk to batters, both of whom were transfers, right? Which meant Oregon, like, you know, from, from I believe, lower division, right? I'm not mistaking this, right? Casella and Hellman are both transfers, and both of them were for from lower. They're not power five transfers. They're not from, right. like, Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, right? Casella is also um, a transfer. Yeah. yeah. So... So a- analytical, right? Like, you know, they, they, they scouted, 
you know, they, 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 they did their work, you know, they, they, they mm-hmm. scouted the transfer portal, you know, and, and, and so then they have these guys who patiently in the batter's box, you know, it, 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 you know, take, take their, you know, wait for their opportunity, get the walk, load up the bases, and then leverage their aggression and base running advantage to get extra runs and then are in a position that, you know, their, 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 their closer, you know, gets an advantage because the opponent has to swing at everything. And it's like, you know, th- th- multiple different ways that, you know, that's playing, that that's playing smart. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny how you uh, analogize that to uh, football. Because because uh, you know, I spend all day watching football. <laughs> well, it, it's it's uh, the amusing part though is that you know, Lanning in its press conferences will be asked about you know some of the the stats or the things that that um, maybe we saw during the game, this and that, and uh, Lanning will look. <laughs> it's in, uh, invariably Corpea say I, I don't pay attention to the stats, and I'm thinking you liar. Yeah, you right. liar. I see it in your eyes. You pay really close attention to the stats. Mm. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, or- or- Oregon also beat Baylor. Uh, they were on the cusp of, of, uh, of sweeping all the truck stop schools. They took on Texas Tech. Texas Tech's a pretty damn good school, uh, at baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, they, um, this was a, you know, it, it they, they started out, you know, bottom of the second, uh, you know, t- Texas Tech just smashed them six run uh, uh, second inning. Um, you, you know, they 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 really went off on on I, I think the the starter was full Jarek, right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who, who really he didn't have a great outing. Yeah. Put it mildly. Yeah. I really sort of felt like he he lost control of it and they should have, I mean, it's, it's rough to, to pull a pitcher in the second inning. And I mean, ultimately he got pulled with, you know, 1.1 innings pitched, but even still I was yelling at my screen to pull him earlier than that. Like, uh, like I thought it was clear, you know, he had walked two batters, um, uh, it was bad. Like it was, it was just, it was, I mean, I, I could, I could go on for a while about how bad it was. Like it was just really, it was not his day. Um, and, you know, ultimately in a game that they lost seven to 11, you know, because that's the other part of the story is that Oregon comes back, you know, they have a, a, a four run fifth inning. They have a two run sixth inning, uh, you know, and, and Texas tech kind of cooled off, you know, they, they wind up scoring, you know, enough, obviously they, they score five more runs for the rest of the day. Um, uh, uh, but it's like, you know, one, two, one, one, you, you know, um, and I mean, I guess they didn't play the bottom of the ninth. Maybe they would have scored a little more if they, if they played that. Um, but I mean, you know, Oregon was hitting them. Oregon had 16, you know, hits on the day. They they had a little trouble like stringing them together. They wound up stranding 13, you, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, honestly, that was actually, you know, uh, the, the thing in addition to Spoljeric, who, you know, gave up six runs and probably cost him the game and that the other dude you could argue like cost him the game 
I don't know, like dump on him too much. It just sort of it, it happened that way. I'm not okay. Uh, I, I'm not saying that Jacob Walsh is like you know people should throw bricks through his window or anything. I, I'm just saying it's kind of funny that, that it happened this way. Multiple times Oregon wound up like loading the bases in a position where with one swing of his bat, and it just happened to be the case that it was Jacob Walsh, like Oregon's slugger par excellence, who would be up at the plate. And it was like, oh man, it would so would be perfect if with one swing of his bat, Jacob Walsh completed the comeback and Oregon won this game. Mm-hmm. And instead, he struck out. He struck out three different times. And I believe all three of his strikeouts came with multiple runners in Very scoring positions. Yeah. Um, and, and I know at least two of them, like his strikeout was the third strike, was the third out of the inning. So it was like you, it just the maximum pain situation where it goes from, you know, Hey, once one swing of the bat, Oregon's winning this game to one swing of the bat and, you know, side is retired, you know, back, you know, you know, go, go get your gloves. Um, like just the, you know, the, the maximum possible pain. Uh, and it all just fell on J- Jacob Walsh, which like, again, I'm not saying throw bricks through his window. It's not like his fault. You know, it just, it just kept lining up that way. Um, yeah. And he was, a, he was put in a, a tough position. You know, you're, uh, you're right. Of course, in that offense wins games and you win games through, uh, power hitting um but pitching can lose games and this is a game where uh texas tech you know dinked nearly every one of our pitchers and you know uh, the pitching didn't hold up their end enough to um allow the bats i mean toby twist toby twist threw six strikeouts like mm-hmm. in, in 3.2 innings pitch i actually you know I didn't think he pitched too bad at all, uh, to be to be honest. Um, right, and and apparently um, Waz didn't either because yeah, he he got one of the starts this last weekend. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, he's got got great stats and and one of his runs is at least one of the runs was left over from Spoljeric. So right, yeah, that's um, the way that goes. On the other hand, Freund gave up you know three hits, two runs on on facing i think like two two batter you know is like is yeah. yeah uh you know that, that was no good uh you know they went through six pitchers you know in this game mm-hmm. um you know this was the real like throw spaghetti against the wall i mean it was the last game of the weekend so like why not empty the bullpen you know what, what are you saving them for um but like yeah they you know more more only faced you know point one and he gave up a hit you know they pulled mm-hmm. him pretty quick you know uh so it was uh yeah i mean like like i said you know texas tech is a damn good team you know they, they have a they, they have great pitching they have incredible batting um so like it, it's not like any real dishonor you know to lose them or anything and frankly like if they if they got like i said walsh by coincidence it was walsh it could have been anybody you know was multiple times in a position where one swing of the bat you know the game could have been different or if spoljeric hadn't you know 
had a real bad start. You know, Oregon was right. You know, very easily could have had, you know, different outcome with just, you know, slightly different things against a team that's very, very good. So, like, I, I wasn't really, like, you know, too down in the dumps about that game. It, it was, you know, honestly, I wish I could have watched it. That was just kind of one of those things. Um, it uh, Two years ago when we were talking – uh, freshman Jacob Wallace, I was uh, was kind of uh, on his performance with uh, always chasing balls um, in the dirt with his bat, which is kind of disconcerting. Well, he's always and, trying to lift it out of the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, uh, he cleaned that up considerably last season, and so far this season has looked really, really good. Yeah, you know, yeah, Texas Tech notwithstanding, you're, you're going to have uh, one of those games where you, you can't save the day. Um, but he's looked really good. So then uh, the baseball team comes home. Uh, they they had a four game series against the Lafayette Leopards, um, which is or I'm just going to sugarcoat it. Like this is a bad team. Like they're you know they 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 got their clocks cleaned by what was it T- Tennessee State Tennessee Tech you know yeah not not the vols um at any rate um and uh well i think like i alluded to they they look like a community college out there yeah it just did um uh they're named of course for uh gilbert de moutier the maquis de lafayette the the hero de dos dumont's uh uh but it did not <laughs> do, do the honor of uh, the hero of the revolution um, <laughs> very well because you know Oregon cream. You covered, I think, the 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 final three of the four games. Yes. Um, only one of which was even like remotely competitive. The third game, which was this, it was a single game on Friday and Sunday, and the Saturday had the double header. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so the second of the two games on Saturdays, a.k.a. game three, was the game that you alluded to earlier in which Toby Twist finally got the start. Wasn't Toby Twist the name of the mob boss in Spawn? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, why Why don't you know? Um, uh, anyway, the... Um, uh, 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 that, that game was seven to four, you know, Lafayette was bound to hit something at some point, uh, and Oregon was bound to only put in a seven run <laughs> performance at some point. And, and it just sort of lined up that this game, you know, was the game that was decided by therefore only three runs. Um, I, I, I don't think that had, I think it's just a coincidence that the, those two things happened in the same game. Uh, you know, the rest of them, you know, the, the uh, you know, four to 15, two to 12. I think the first game was like two to 18 or some bonkers thing like that, because there's no mercy rule in baseball or actually technically there is in like some, ab- some conditions in which teams have to agree to it, but they, mm-hmm. did not, those conditions are not obtained in this series. Um, so yeah, I didn't. Well, let me just ask you, since you covered this, do you think that there was anything to the the the, the game three uh, finishing with a relatively close final score, or is is that just not really as, um, as I suggested coincidence? Well, um, uh, double ta- double headers can be taxing. 
for mm-hmm. you know the the diamond teams and it doesn't matter whether it's softball or, or baseball um you know they uh a team can be forgiven it you know if they they only put up uh seven runs and but they put up uh double digit runs uh, a little bit uh, earlier in the day I, I think you know it's just one of those things like you say it's um combination of factors none of which you know merit any great importance and it's uh it, it's something that we uh, see in other sports you know basketball or or that kind of thing where uh the uh, clearly the superior team you know has a letdown for a quarter or something like that um but then they just go and put the opposition away because they're clearly the better team mm-hmm. and that's just kind of what we saw the um uh, i think i don't think there's a whole lot to take away from the lafayette series other than um uh, some of the the pitching that was, you know, admittedly against not great hitters, but, but still, you know, they're out there, uh, Grinzel and, and twist and when they're, they're out pitching strikes and, and doing their job. So, you know, regardless of the, of the batter, you, you still have to, well, I think they left twist strikes. in a little too long in the, in that third game, you know, mm-hmm. like he, he was basically, he was pitching a shutout through four innings, but then in the top of the fifth, you know, he gives up a single and then he, you know, four pitch walk, you know, and then, you know, that's when Waz pulled yeah. him and it was like, man, eh, maybe should have, you know, maybe, maybe should have pulled him at the beginning of the inning. Um, but then as soon as they put Freund in, you know, Freund gives up, uh, you know, with a single which scores the guys, you know, on, 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 on RBIs. So like, eh. yeah. Um, kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if Freund's any good. It's sort of the other thing. Like, you know, like I said, you know, the, the only, the, the only time that we saw him pitch well this year was against Oklahoma. Um, in a position where Oklahoma had to had swing at everything that that's yeah. sort of where I was going with this. And like, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of thinking that like maybe Freund's not a great pitcher and that like, if he's just put in as like middle relief, which is where we've seen him in every other game, like he kind of gives stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't know. Um, but I don't, you know, it's not a huge sample size so far. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go easier on him with more data. Uh, anything else you yeah. want to say about Lafayette? Um, just that uh, the offense looked great, especially with uh, some of our uh, newer players, the uh, transfer players, you know, Hurd and Casella. Um, they, they were just dynamite. They were um, right up there along with our, you know, along with Walsh and our, our very own Bo Jackson. And, and, uh, you know, it's kind of funny cause, uh, uh, on the, um, on the, uh, baseball screen at, at, on the scoreboard at PK park, uh, they show, uh, Bocher with a football instead of a baseball. 
yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he. I, I mean, your 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 articles are are fun because you go and get all the the clips and put them in. Um, it's, so they're you know, it, it's a great recap. Um, he had some he had some pretty memorable plays. You know, he had two different amazing diving catches in in center field. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had an incredible hit. Um, and, uh, and, and hell, you know, the dude ever gets a home run, uh, you know, they, they do the thing where they put the football helmet on so that they can, you know, right. dug out so they can go pound the hell out of him. Well, he certainly knows <laughs> how to put a football helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some softball. So as fate would have it, uh, I managed to assign you to like all the games that softball lost. Like it's been, the, you know, they've been now to two, these two different series, uh, you know, the, the, the Clearwater kickoff and the, the Mary Nutter, mm-hmm. um, in both of the series, it's been up and down for the softball team in which like they either totally kick butt you know, and they, they look great or even, you know, in that game against Clemson, you know, when they lost, I still thought that they were, they look really good. Um, so I sort of, even though that was a loss, I still put it in like kick, butt butt category, like I liked the way they were playing. Yeah. Um, and you, and you said so during the podcast. Yeah. Um, or they just look like dead meat. Mm -hmm. And somehow I assigned you to like four of the dead meat games. Um, I don't know how that happened. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, I quit softball. I'll, I'll just cover <laughs> soccer where it won't be noticed. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for reminding me that that exists. Um, oh, I was going to remind you about the uh, the spring dates that are coming up, but, but I'll, I'll save that. Anyway, softball. So, uh, Texas A&M. Uh, you got both of them. Oregon lost both of them. So they lose the first one four to one. The, the, uh, okay. The first one, Oregon's bats are just dead. Just like dead. You know, they get like five total hits in the entire game. And, like two of them come from Kyla Shar, who's like their slapper, right? Like all mm-hmm. she does is get on base, right? So like you know, not to you know denigrate it or anything, but like that's her, you know, she's not a power hitter, right? Like she, you know, that's gonna happen, um, you know. And then another two come from you know, uh, 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 Alyssa Daniel um right including you know the rbi that scores oregon's only run uh you know great but like nobody else connects at all like ariel carlson you know nothing uh you know uh leg nothing cough nothing delgado nothing wong nothing like that was crazy wong doesn't connect uh uh or uh lushar doesn't connect uh bird doesn't connect snicky doesn't connect snicky i actually you know well i you know she's she's been in the bottom of the order for like all six years uh uh because she's you know she's she's like the mendoza of the team you know Mm -hmm. where she's like this totally super 
super valuable fielder, but like she's never been the, the best batter. But like she's actually turned into a pretty good batter, you know, this year. So like I got a quick call on her that um except yeah, and, in this and, game in which she wasn't a very good batter. So like I'm back to calling her Mendoza for this game. Uh like nobody could hit Texas AM's pitcher, you know, in this game. It was just like just they they forgot to bring their bats like i mean it was bonkers yeah uh, toward the end of uh last season sinicky was uh doing much better in the batter's box and i was kind of hoping that would uh continue but um and to some extent it has it's just that that these other goose eggs are just really mysterious and uh and it was in in both games that yeah yeah I mean uh, well the, the, I want to talk about the other games second but I, okay. l- l- y- go ahead yeah um, that's been kind of the the Jekyll and Hyde state of Oregon's bats and and whereas with with baseball we're seeing a pretty consistent bat production. And with the the departure of um, the seniors and um, a fair amount of stars that were responsible for uh, yeah, like for the baseball like team. baseball lost not not quite half, but like a, a good chunk of their of their batting production. They still brought back another good chunk of it, but they went out and replaced some of it through the transfer portal. And another part has just sort of been organic, you know, natural placement, but they'll like, they didn't miss a beat. Yeah. And they're they're like, Hey, our infrastructure that produces great batters is all still there. And so we're going to be a great batting team. That was our, you know, what we said when we recorded the, like the baseball preview podcast. And Mm -hmm. sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Meanwhile, the softball team, who brought back everybody like, you know, everybody except for, um, uh, the, the catcher, um, McCown. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tara McCown. Uh, uh, and added Emma cough, who, uh, who's, who turns out to be a pretty good, you know, hitter. It's not like, you know, they, they really like, you know, Oh no, they, they, they lost a great batter and didn't replace her with a, with a great batter. Like, I, I don't really think that's the case. Uh, you know, so like no excuse, you know, like the, the, this, they should be maturing like fine wine into incredible batting performance. And instead it's been like half the games they played. Right. It's, it's been, and this has really been the worst one. I actually think there, the other ones aren't quite as bad as it looks, but this one was just really the worst one in terms of like no one connected at all. Yeah. And with the, uh, with the kind of teams that were, were, coming back um or starting in in baseball and softball uh you know i i it wouldn't have surprised me if you will that that there were would be some bumps in offensive production uh on the baseball side that would work themselves out mm-hmm. um um but that hasn't happened baseball's just been going great guns it, yet it's it's this veteran uh offensive squad on the softball side that uh, like I said, it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing. I I have, I have not the slightest clue as to why this team uh, selectively, it doesn't seem to be able to uh, hit the ball. 
Yeah. And I mean, it was a complete performance out of their pitcher. You know, Emily Kennedy, seven, seven, you know, seven innings pitched, you know, 11 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. damn. You know, two walks, one earned run, you know, yeah. on that Alyssa Daniels RBI. That was it. Yeah. It's not like she's not throwing it over the plate. <laughs> yeah. She no, is. She's- yeah right <laughs> meanwhile oregon's pitching actually you know what oregon's pitching wouldn't have bad you know they lost this game four to one you, you limit your opponent on one you know one error um you limit your opponent to four runs on one error like your pitching's done fine you know uh you know morgan scott pitches 5.2 innings she gives up you know six hits you know one walk one strikeout uh you know the the fielding was fine you know like you know morgan scott's not really the reason that you know like yeah you know would you would you like her to to hold them to a few fewer runs i suppose but like unless she blanked them oregon was losing this game because oregon only oregon's bats only put up one run so like and that's unrealistic so like you can't say anything about the pitching in this game and then taylor spencer came in in relief and pitched great you know Mm -hmm. Uh, so like yeah good pitching performance so then second game against texas a&m this game was a little this game taylor spencer really did blank them um well, yeah right? she's been she's been dynamite oh yeah 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 it, start, this, start, this had, was just a great flipped start. around like spencer you know pitched uh uh you know uh uh the first 5.1 innings and then uh scott closed it um mm-hmm. Uh, Texas A&M was registered as the home team. And so since they won two to zero, they didn't play the, the bottom of the seventh, but um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, um, the, uh, you know, but you know, uh, great pitching performance. You only gave up two runs, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, again, you know, Kennedy goes out there and, and just blanks them, you know, uh, uh, yeah, or Kennedy gets the close. Actually, that, that was a three pitcher performance. Um, but, uh, but Oregon just couldn't hit anything. You right. know, it was just like, you know, again, Kyle Lushar gets two hits. That's her job. Uh, but Alyssa Daniels, you know, nothing. Errol Carlson, nothing. Cough, nothing. Wong, nothing. Hannah Delgado gets two hits, you know. Uh, uh, she, she had a double, uh, but then she gets stranded. Um, Humphreys is normally good for, uh, some hits, but nothing. There. Not this season. Yeah. She's like KK Humphreys is, is been a slump all year long. Her batting averages is, is, uh, uh, I think her year long batting average is around 0.15 this year. Like if she doesn't pull yeah. out of this, like, uh, uh missy's gotta give some like serious thought to like pulling her from the batting order like she can't hit mm-hmm. this year uh i don't know what her deal is um but like i mean like nobody could hit in this game so i don't know that we should like single her out in in, in this game's discussion but like i'm talking about the entire season yeah, like, season like she she can't hit this year like i don't know what happened to her her bat but like uh, um yeah um it's crazy i mean she's a good second baseman but like they're they they have some utility infielders i don't think that she's so invaluable 
that she couldn't be replaced um, if she can't get out of this slump because it's bad. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, Paige Zanicki gets two yeah. hits. <laughs> you know? But I mean, they just couldn't connect. Like, there's. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, there's just nothing more to be said about this. Like, they just couldn't connect. Like, period. The, you know, it's not like it's. You know, they 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 wound up stranding a few on base, but that's because they 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 they, they took some walks, right? Like Ariel Carlson mm -hmm. walked twice. Uh, you know, Valerie Wong got a walk. KK Humphreys got a walk. You know, good for her. Uh, you know, but then they all promptly, you know, got stranded. Yeah, you know? yeah. If you can't uh, follow that the opportunity to get a free base runner with a hit, you're you're not generating any offense. You're not. Uh, taking advantage of that pitcher's mistake. Yeah. Now the first LMU game, this is the game that I think is a little deceptive uh, in that Oregon was actually, Oregon got blanked in this game. They lost it four to zero. Um, this is the game that I, I think is a little deceptive because Oregon actually was connecting uh, in this game, but they just like kept getting stranded. Um, uh, uh, and so, you know, so Oregon, like six hits, uh, uh, nine stranded on base and no runs. Like that's a statistical anomaly. Like that's mm -hmm. like, you, you, you never see that. Like, you know, six, six hits, nine stranded on base, um, you, you know, including like three walks, uh, they should have scored between two and three runs. Um, and then if the pitching were really, you know, shutting them down, which we know Oregon pitching can shut LMU down on because the mm -hmm. second game they played against LMU was an eight zero shutout. In fact, that was a mercy ruling, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. That was yeah. a run rule victory. Yep. So like we know Oregon pitching can do that. So like, even though this game was a four to zero loss. And so you might be tempted to say, Oh, this was another one in which the pitching was good enough to win, but the bats didn't show up. I, I actually think the opposite was the case. I think the bats did. Okay. It was kind of a weird statistical anomaly in which they weren't scoring despite the bats doing okay. It should have been a defensive minded, you know, win in which the pitching was good enough to win because we know the pitching was good enough to shut LMU out, but the pitching wasn't good enough to win. And here's where my gut gets real rumbly because Stevie Hansen pitched the complete game mm -hmm. and gave up four runs on six hits, you know, uh, one walk like. I'm I'm really worried that Stevie Hansen's like regressing this year. Well, do you think I'm No, uh I I think we saw uh some hints last season that uh, yeah, and we've talked about the possible factors before. Um yeah, last season and this season as to why uh her performance was uh a little bit less than her freshman season. Um, well, we this, talked about statistically how we just like put her on a pedestal for her freshman season because right. like she was the only pitcher who was worth a damn. And that statistically she was actually a little bit better 
than her freshman season. It's just mm-hmm. that she was there was an actual ace in the bullpen who was Morgan Scott. Right. Yeah. And uh, but this season seems uh, she has not seemed like solid. she's the third best pitcher that Oregon has at best. Like right. Scott and Spencer, and Spencer, yeah, are oh. are just pitching better than she is. And like we haven't seen as much of uh, Sokolowski or uh, Breedlove, but mm-hmm. like it's it's entirely possible that Sokolowski and Breedlove might be better might be able to pitch better than Stevie Hansen at this point. And I don't know, man, I think Lombardi might need to give some serious thought to playing uh, Sokolowski or Breedlove ahead of Stan- Hansen. Like, and yeah. like as crazy as that sounds to, you know, would, would have sounded to suggest, you know, 12 or 24 months ago. Like, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say at this point. Well, and but by the same token, it 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 can be that uh, you know on an individual game basis, if your bats are doing their job, uh, some of that fall off can be camouflaged. And um, I uh, I don't have any information in front of me as to whether that was the case last year. Yep, pitching statistics notwithstanding. Um, but the uh, uh, it will be interesting to note going forward uh, how uh, um, Hanson's pitching can improve, and also you know whether uh, being able to pitch more comfortably when uh, when your bats are keeping the game competitive, or when you have a pretty good lead, uh, you know can help her to relax. I don't know, uh, but that's something that uh, I'm going to be kind of looking at on the side of one of my eyes in upcoming games. Because yeah, that's that's for pitching. That's kind of a million dollar question this year. So, you know, what's yeah. going on with Hanson? Well, and then having said that, now fast forward to the Nebraska game, in which. Hansen closes it out. She pitches 2.2 innings. She gives up one hit, you know, one run, but gets the only two strikeouts of the game where she does, you know, hit, <laughs> she does hit a batter. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, Taylor Spencer uh, uh, gives up four hits in her 2.1 innings, you know, one run gets no strikeouts. And Morgan Scott gives up, you know, four runs on four hits in two innings pitched, you know, uh, like, you know, so I I just got finished saying that like, (laughs) you know, Hanson's the worst pitcher of the three. And yet in the Nebraska game, she like pretty clearly pitched the best of the three. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it's a single game though. I mean, like their, their season long stats so far, like clearly have her the, the 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 worst pitcher of the three but like not in this game um not that it would have mattered since oregon didn't score a single run against nebraska you know this one was crazy because like oregon uh, oregon stranded 10 in this game and so you might have 
you, you might be forgiven for thinking just knowing that that like oh oregon must have you know that that must have been a game like the first lmu game in which they kept hitting the ball but then straining people on base nope yeah. they weren't no, hitting no, the no. ball no it, it, in fact they hit the ball five times and one player is responsible for three of those hits so uh, yeah, it was Kylie Lushar, who again, yeah. her job is to slap the ball. Right. It wasn't that Oregon was hitting the ball; it was that the ball was hitting Oregon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That the, the Nebraska <laughs> pitcher could not stop walking Oregon. Um, uh, like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, hit Hannah Valgado and Ariel Carlson. Um, walked Carlson another time. Walked Wong. Walked uh, uh, Flannery. Walked Humphreys. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I think there were uh, six total uh, uh, walks of one kind or another uh, in, in this game. Um, so yeah, you know, it's just like so. You know, Oregon kept putting batters. You know, or the the Nebraska pitcher kept putting Oregon uh, uh, runners on base, but then Oregon couldn't hit the ball to get them home. So yep. that's how you get blanked. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, that's a uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Oregon softball has been a puzzle, and. Um, Let's well, you know, what's really been missing has been the long ball. I mean, that was the thing, like, did, wasn't it the case that they didn't get their first home run until like the Oak, the, 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 the Notre Dame game? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, they, they've been having uh, issues with uh, offense from the outset of the season, but, but yeah. Well, but the, like, if they keep yeah. stranding people, like, you know what the antidote to stranding people is? is clearing yeah. the bases That's you right. know and this team's got sluggers right you know carlson wong uh daniel right like i mean that is one thing that they are sort of missing with uh tara mcgowan because she could also clear the, the the bases but like they they've got they've got players who can hit the long ball um but like it's sort of been absent until they played some of these games that you didn't cover, like in which, yeah. the, you know, they could like Errol Carlson had a two home run day against, you know, uh, against one of these opponents. Uh, you know, it's just like in these losses where they can't connect, not only are they not connecting, but they're not, you know, they're not connecting at all, which covers all of this, but it's not, singles it's not extra base hits they're not hitting it out of the park like they just can't connect and it's like it's this night and day thing where if they it, if they're connecting with the ball they are really driving it mm -hmm. and if they're not connecting with the ball oh boy are they not connecting with the ball like yeah yeah and um yeah it, it it's a puzzle it kind of makes me wonder if this team's like a flat track bully, you know, where where they're they'll just you know they'll beat the hell out of a bad team, and they'll just lose to any team with a good pitching staff. Uh, we're, we're, and we're gonna so Oregon will just like will always you know th this team, you know. This group of players who we've been watching for like six years now is just always going to be like right there in the middle of the road where, you know, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They lose to the teams that are, you know, that have a bullpen. And that's that. That's as far as they're going to go. 
Yeah, well, we're going to find out pretty soon because after this uh, coming weekend's um, abbreviated Jane Sanders classic, we're looking uh, headfirst into Pac-12 play. Yeah, that stinks. Florida State didn't make the trip. They got scared of a little rain, I guess. Um, it's a strange thing for a Florida team. So instead, Oregon's going to play three games against Mount St. Mary's and two games against Maryland. Right. So and and Washington, uh, number six, Washington isn't coming down to play in Eugene. They're going to play their games uh, up in Seattle. And, yeah, so uh, they're going to yeah. invite the visitors to play them there, which sounds like a very Washington thing to do. Like, yes. oh, there's a problem. We're just going to play all of our games at home like their football team did in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, that sounds very Washington. Um, yeah, so, all right. Well, yeah, well, uh, there were, uh, softball's got some things to figure out, and um Hopefully we have some sort of an inkling this weekend, especially against Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, how well the uh, Lombardi's ironing out of wrinkles is going. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, you know, as we, you know, said the last time we talked about the softball team, like it's, this is the last go around with this group of players who we've been watching, you know, from the get go, you know, they, they, they got an extended season because of COVID and, uh, you know, it's at this point, it's sort of hard to imagine Oregon softball without them, but you know, I, 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 it's, I am going to enjoy watching them in Pac-12 play. I'm going to enjoy watching these players because I've come very much to enjoy watching these players and just sort of associating like they are Oregon softball to me at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I get to watch them play against the Pac-12, you know, which, hey, man, I love the Pac-12. It's going to be interesting because for the 2025 season, like it's it both of those changes are happening at once you know like pretty much this entire group is going to be gone and it's going to be a completely different set of opponents and I, I sort of i'm sort of predicting actually even though like for years now i've been talking about hey we're getting going to get with lombardi is incremental improvement each year and that's pretty much all you should be expecting because like that's how much Mullins is going to invest in this team and you better get used to it because you know bottom line Rob bottom line Mullins like bottom line is his middle name uh you know that's what you're gonna get I actually sort of think that 2025 might be a big leap because if there's one thing that Lamarty has been doing it's been stacking recruiting classes like you haven't been seeing them because of all these seniors mm-hmm. who of course she's playing the seniors you only get to put nine people in the batting lineup. Um, but she's been stacking these, you know, recruiting classes um, who've been getting all this practice with these really experienced players who've been like learning from them and, you know, uh, and are going to be going from the Pac-12, which is just murderer's row in softball, like absolute killers. You know, Oregon is like, you know, the the 10th the ranked team in the country and like the sixth ranked team in the Pac-12, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah. to the Big Ten, which is not a good baseball or softball conference. Um, so, yeah. like, I'm sort of thinking actually the 24 to 25 transition won't be one of these like incremental improvement years. I actually think it could be like a big jump. 
in -hmm. performance year. Um, Yeah. Well, maybe intentionally or unintentionally Lombardi's taken a, uh, um, a page out of uh, volleyball's roster management because Omer's doing the same thing. He's, he's sitting on recruits and, Mm. and letting uh, seniors play away. And it will be the same kind of thing for volleyball next year as it it uh, appears it will be for softball yeah we you have the this uh, stacking of recruits and uh, hopefully it, it will pay off i've got to say i never in um my wildest um sweeps of prognostication would i have ever thought that the duck softball would be flirting with a 500 record in the early season. I know it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, ultimately the, like it, it will all be forgotten, you know, assuming that they do well in conference play, you know, they, the, you know, that's, what's going to matter when it comes to their postseason, you know, posting, whether they get regionals or not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 if they do well against the PAC 12, that's all the, you know, the NCAA is going to care about because the NCAA thinks the PAC 12 is a really good conference as well. They should. Yeah. Um, and, and so if they do well against the PAC 12, they'll get a regionals. That's the only thing that matters. Um, cause you want to be playing at home you know, for the regionals. So, you know, all, all, you know, this is, it's sort of been disappointing. Maybe it'll be a wake up call, but it's ultimately doesn't really matter. Like this isn't like football in which taking out of conference losses to begin the year, like dooms your ability to make it to the playoffs. Cause you gotta be like 11 and one or 12 and zero, And so early losses will kill you. Like you know, it doesn't work that way. Like you really just need to get a regionals uh, birth um, or a regionals hosting, you know, thing. And in order to do that, it's sort of like, these were all sort of preliminaries more than anything else. Um, and you just need to like do well in your, in, in your conference, assuming it's a strong conference, which the PAC 12 is. And so like, yeah, it's sort of like you could just see all of that as warmups. Um, and so, you know, now the real stuff begins. Um, yeah. Or, or not quite. They still have the Gene Sanders classic to go, but, but around the corner it begins. Yeah. Uh, well, you're right. If we if Oregon's doing well in the Pac-12 uh, against um, all the ranked teams that are in the Pac-12, then uh, yeah, hey, you're right. That's what that's what um, NCAA is going to be looking at, and they won't care that we um, dropped a, a couple of shutouts. before back to a play all right let's take a break uh when we come back we will talk about the uh the one truly uh beloved and historically dominant women's sport in oregon uh so i i assigned you to uh cover uh some of the women's basketball games uh you uh you covered uh oregon losing to ucla and oregon losing to usc and Mm -hmm. oregon losing to washington state uh Mm -hmm. you know i boy you sound like a broken record every time we talk about uh the women's basketball team they're on sort of a historic losing streak and the box score looks identical you know like every time they can't shoot from the floor they have 
you know, they're, they, they will make, I, in all three of these games, they made one three pointer. Mm-hmm. Like every single yeah. time they, they go out there, they shoot a bunch of threes and they make one and only one, uh, three pointer. Uh, they're not even good from the charity stripe, which is like, that's sort of inexplicable. Um, like you should at least make your free throws like, but they're shooting like below 60% from the three point line. Uh, like I've this team sort of like we, we had for much of the year we've been talking about like this team was playing good defensive basketball. They've been playing, doing other things well, but they just couldn't make a bucket, but like, you know, and, and I still thought that they were like kind of playing hard and, and if only they could make a bucket, they've got some of the pieces, but damn, they just can't make a bucket. But like, man, this team kind of looks like it's packed it in. Um, yeah, they're still trying. Um, but, but they, uh, yeah, but they, they know what they have and you know kelly kelly graves says the same thing that that we've been saying and yeah uh, i mean it's not like he can invent uh, a different narrative it's not there um uh, oregon still plays uh, pretty hard on defense and yeah. and they're not shooting well and they're, right. not, they're not going to shoot well. Certainly you know, it's not, like not Grace Van Sluten plays well. Filipina Che does what she does, but like you can take her away because she, the way that she plays is dependent on other players. Nobody mm-hmm. else can make a bucket and they're dependent on Chance Gray doing something. And just frequently, like in almost every game, she just shoots terribly. You know, she's five for 15 against UCLA. She's five for 16 against you. USC shoes two for 17 like two for seven like how do you allow her to be on the floor when she's shooting two for 17 you know a, you know she in in the three games that she, you covered she's 12 for for 48 yeah 12 that, for 48 that's, from that's the floor like that's horrible. like but like, who do you replace her with? Because nobody else on the team can make a bucket. Okay, I don't want to talk well, about women's and, basketball well, and, anymore. And like we like we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, every team that we face knows that we don't have any kind of perimeter shooting, so um, that allows them to double and triple team uh, Che. And yeah. that's the thing is I the other thing is that I think this is sort of like ruining Filipina what you know could be a good career for Filipina Che like I'm making her look worse than she is like for exactly the reason you say okay I don't want to talk about wait 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 wait, wait 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 all right I have fine one positive okay and that was uh Kennedy Basham's offensive performance against Washington and Washington State uh, uh yeah you're right she went six she, for nine uh, yeah. against Wazoo. Uh, that's like like fourteen points. Is that her like career high? Yeah, no, her career high was uh, fifteen points against Washington. All right, uh, so so twenty nine total points against the two Washington schools. All right, yeah, and it, it may be well, it probably is just a, a function of um, playing against the Washington schools. Um, I I would be surprised if we see that kind of performance uh, against the Bay area schools this weekend. Um, but we'll see Yeah, there. Um, her play has been more confident. Uh, yeah. You, you, uh, I've seen her the past couple of day- games 
driving to the basket with more confidence um, in doing layups. Uh, whereas uh, up to this point in the season, I just seen a lot of, you know, tentative shooting and that kind of thing. So um, maybe a switch has been flipped. Maybe we'll find out this weekend. So let's talk about the actually uh, successful uh, Oregon women's sport, which is lacrosse. Um, the lacrosse team is undefeated, uh, three to zero. Um, uh, they have you covered two of those. Uh, uh, they just straight up destroyed uh, St. Francis and uh, Marist by uh, pretty similar scores, uh, seventeen to seven uh, and and sixteen to nine. Um similar performances or or is that an illusion what do you think no that those are similar performances that the uh oregon lacrosse team is getting um better offensive production from uh some of their returning uh upperclassmen uh especially anna simmons uh, anna cinema anna simmons has been dynamite this season um so far um mccarthy is, is a, a known factor and she's been playing very well um also the uh, the ducks have um uh let's see i think it's a, a red shirt uh freshman goalkeeper who's been doing really well during this the uh Last game again. They've been playing two Hubbard and Eckert. Yeah, um, in the second game, which I I didn't cover, uh, Hubbard was the goalkeeper in in the entire game. Um, mm. Otherwise, they they've been kind of switching back and forth. But Hubbard's the the one that against Marist had, uh, you know, five saves and and a, a really good save to goal uh, ratio. Well, the other thing that I, I, you know, I definitely notice that, you know, just looking at the box score for, for, for these games is that like Oregon's playing defense with their offense, you know, uh, uh, both Marist and St. Francis, you know, just faced way more goals attempted, right. You know, uh, uh, than Oregon did, you know, more than, more than 50% more you know, shots on goal, uh, you know, Oregon was just like living in their half of the field. Um, mm-hmm. and like, Hey, no, you know, no, no better way to take uh, uh, pressure off your goalkeeper than to, to keep the ball on their side of the field. Like, right. Um, and, and some of that, um, stems from, uh, draw control and mm-hmm. our, uh, Rachel, uh, Palo, who is our main, um, draw control uh, specialist uh, has been winning uh, draw controls at uh, you know career level and and Oregon record level. Well, and speaking of Anna Simmons, didn't you uh, in one of your articles? Didn't you find that she set a record uh, for fastest goal off the draw? Yeah, yeah, within six seconds of of the the draw control she had a score that was that was uh right before halftime uh that's pretty amazing like yeah six seconds from from draw to goal (laughs) pretty damn fast 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know how many of the listeners uh, understand draw control. Yeah. Draw control is to uh, lacrosse what uh, uh, kickoffs are to football and soccer. And, uh, you know, tip off is in basketball. It's, it's kind of like a, a face off. In, in hockey so yeah it's like when you yeah. drop the puck right? Right. except it, it's not the the ball's not dropped they the, the they they both are in sort of a crouch position with the mm-hmm. the, the ball between the 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 sticks and uh yeah, yeah. um yeah so it's interesting rest for uh control but right. but it's a, the same kind of thing you know if you're if you're winning the face-offs in uh hockey then then you know, you, you have the advantage to get your offense going. Well, and the other thing that I noticed from the clips uh, you you post in your article, and I I uh, I watched the second of the the two games, the one that you didn't cover, uh, but I watched it, it was televised. Um, the uh, it definitely you know struck me that Oregon seemed to have like an athletic advantage. It just seemed like they were faster, you know, on uh, on the pitch. Um, I, you know, just, just run around, you know, like, you know, and it struck me that they were able to like control the passing angles. Like they, they were able to get in position for a pass that like their opponents were not able to access a sort of complexity of offense, uh, um, or as sophisticated as an offense because like they had to be more, conservative in their offensive approach because they that they couldn't i don't know blossom in the same way in the way like i just related back to football because of course i'm you know i spend like all all these hours doing football film study it's like you know if like like if your offensive line can't block very effectively your run game looks real inelegant it's just like well just lean forward guys and we'll try to get three yards whereas if your offensive line is really athletic you can do really complex runs and maybe you can start up setting up like rpos and more complex stuff and so by analogy, uh, it seemed like what I was seeing uh, from the Oregon lacrosse players was like their offensive attacks were like a lot more complicated. Um, you know, they were able to set up plays uh, in which, you know, there were multiple parts in motion, you know, because somebody could actually beat the defender to a certain spot and like set up that pass to be in a position, you know, whereas the opponent was like, well, I. I can't do that. Like uh, my, my player can't run that fast, you know? So like, yeah, I just sort of, yeah, I liked, I liked watching the athletic advantage play out in strategic ways uh, in that right. way. And, and, and when you, when you're watching lacrosse, you know, that the, uh, the offense is working uh, based and working well based on um, how the passing and how the control is happening around the opposing goal. Because, um, because you get to play behind the goal, right? Right, actively behind it's and hockey is kind of the same way, but um, but it's not well, it's it, just a significantly greater portion of lacrosse is played behind the goal. And yeah. the other thing that should be said about lacrosse in comparison to soccer is that the lacrosse goal is tiny, mm-hmm. uh, like as opposed to the soccer goal, which is enormous, like you have to like 
you know, lacrosse is definitely, and, you know, because passing is into the stick, not just, well, put it, the ball in like an area and hopefully you'll be able to kick it sort of like in soccer, yeah. uh, in which like go figure they're never able to control passes. Um, the, the, you know, lacrosse is like, it's all about precision passing and then, you know, setting it up to, to manipulate the defense to be out of the way so that you have a clear shot because, Oh man, when they are slinging that ball, like it's going a million miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and they are super accurate and they have to be super accurate because they are shooting it to a tiny little goal. Like I think that the the gaps the 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 the, the gaps that the the ball has to fit through between, you know, where, where the goalkeeper is, you know, their body is blocking versus the amount of empty space that the net represents is probably smaller in lacrosse than it is in like ice hockey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And the, um, good lacrosse teams, um, do what we saw Oregon, uh, doing, the, the past few games, especially the the last game against Maris, uh, it, it Maris could just never get a, a hold of the ball because uh, Oregon's passing was that fast and that crisp around their net, and you're going to get some goals. Uh, you hang around at the opposition net long enough, uh, you're going to get scoring opportunities, yeah. and they did. Well, and there's also no stupid offsides rule that limits the position uh you know like the the four positioning of your offensive players mm -hmm. oh man this game is like so much more superior to soccer it's not even funny um now 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 oregon just needs the you know what's what's the irish sport that's played with the 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 sticks the uh, uh oregon needs that too uh uh, yeah, J just get all the sports that are like soccer, but are superior to soccer, which is all of them. Okay, uh, that's <laughs> enough of that. Uh, <laughs> anything else before we go? Uh, no, it's, it, this is, uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch lacrosse so far. It, uh, I watched several games in person last season, and uh, this team is, is, so much so much better and they they have a, a new coach uh drum looks like she's doing a a really good job and if you get a chance to go out and see some lacrosse uh do it there's a lot of action you know it's not like soccer where you watch watch a couple of people go for the ball and and the other okay. 20 just kind of you know walk in different get places exercise yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, it's super popular on the East Coast. Um, I, I don't know if how many West Coasters like know it, but it's like it's maybe like the second or third sport out uh, out in the East Coast. And uh, uh, it's, you know, like ACC and the Eastern part of the, the the Big Ten is you know it's it's huge out there. Oregon's going out to New Jersey. Uh, the the lacrosse team is they're they're playing uh, one of their games uh, against a team in in uh, uh, Lawrence. Uh, New Jersey before they take on uh, that that game's going to be on ESPN plus before mm -hmm. they take on uh, Rutgers um, right. in, in Princeton Plainsboro uh, and um, and that game actually will be Oregon's debut on the Big Ten Network. 
Um, yeah, and that's going to be uh, the game against Rutgers is going to tell us um, a little bit more about what this season's lacrosse team is is all about. Unlike the other women's sports, uh, the Pac-12 has virtually no presence in lacrosse. Mm. The only Pac-12 team that Colorado, that, right? No, it was USC that that went oh. to to and lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament uh, last season. Uh, USC was the sole uh, Pac-12 representative. The rest of the teams are Midwest and East Coast. So, hmm. so um, I'm really interested in seeing uh, how the Ducks match up. Yeah, I'm really interested too because the the, the lacrosse team in uh, up well, basically up until right now had not been very good. Like they lost almost all their games. They they made a coaching change. Um, You know, I I listened to the interview with the new coach, uh, uh, and uh, she seemed very enthusiastic. Um, She's you know former player, Mm -hmm. uh, um, and uh, you know they're three and zero. Uh, I, I'm not really sure what the quality of the competition that they played so far. You know, it's entirely possible they've just been playing bad teams. But hell, Oregon was losing to bad teams last year, so like yeah. <laughs> they're yeah, and, and most of the counts for something. Are... And they've been blowing and these teams out too. You know, so that counts for something too. Um, I th- this I you know if I, I'm I'm not certain, but like this looks like for real. Um, and, and, yeah. and with largely similar rosters to last year, so mm-hmm. oh, don't say that. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, you, you're gonna throw the the uh, softball voodoo on that. We, we all right. We we don't need your bad voodoo. All right. Just, uh, I'll pretend I didn't hear that. Okay, that, oh, right. <laughs> that'll do it for us this week. Uh, you got any parting words of wisdom for us, Badwater? Uh, yeah, if you're going to see the uh, Jane Sanders Classic this weekend at Jane Sanders Stadium, um, uh, all the uh, game times have been revised because of inclement weather, and you'll you'll probably uh, need some rain weather if you go out there. Uh, hmm, rain gear in Jane Sanders Stadium, huh? Yeah. Lisa Ponchos. It, it could get ugly. Uh, it could could get ugly from Maryland. You mean? Um, well, uh, well, do do that. Uh, you only have so many times. Uh, you can you can watch the last hurrah of the softball team, which is so. I don't know, intrinsic to uh, what Oregon softball uh, has been. So grab your ponchos and head out to Jane Sanders. But it never rains on this podcast.